Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by OnCall Capital. OnCall Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. OnCall Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. Throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. And since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow CRNAs to help aid in your search. Now, as always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. So let's get to it. Our rabbit hole of the day is dun-dun-dun, active apartment investing. Now, as many of you already know, I have replaced enough of my own income with passive investments in apartment syndications to be able to walk away from the profession. Now, I covered passive apartment investing in show number 28, so I won't rehash that today. But what I want to go over with you is what it looks like to be on the active side of apartment investing. So it's a very different experience and certainly not for everyone, but there are various reasons for doing so. Uh, to quote Melanie McDaniel, who is a Navy veteran and founder of Freestyle Capital Group, when you run out of money to invest passively, you have to either be active in real estate or you have to get a job. I choose to have one foot in passive and one foot in active to avoid corporate and government help. Now, with that being said, uh, many investors who have multiple single family properties figure out that they want to scale into buying and holding small multifamily in the five to 20 unit range. This can involve a sizable investment and require finding a partner or two to split the down payment with you as a joint venture. Active apartment investing is a significant undertaking, and you're involved in every part of the deal from selection to obtaining financing to personally guaranteeing the loan and managing the investment. Uh, investors who are handy and or have the time to commit to active participation in renovations or property management can maximize their profit margins for sure. However, for those with less time, it makes sense to hire a management company or utilize the services of a building superintendent. Now, for small multifamily properties, a simple joint venture can make a lot of sense and lead to steady income streams along the way. The main benefit of active investment is specifically control, particularly when it comes to market and deal selection. You can select the properties you're interested in based on your preferences for type, location, budget, and any other factors you choose. At the end of the day, active investment and management of small multifamily properties is not significantly different from doing the same with single family homes. I discussed that particular strategy in show number 36. So make sure you check out that one if you haven't done so already. But what about those big apartment buildings? You know, the ones that are 50 to 200 units or more. 
What is it like to be on the general partner side of an apartment syndication that takes one of those bad boys down? Now, the first thing to know is that general partnerships are a team sport. You cannot go it alone here, and you need team members with various skill sets to get the job done. As a member of the team, you'll have a specific role that hopefully plays to your own strengths. So let's talk about the team members in a general partnership. Number one is a mentor. An experienced mentor provides insight and experience that a newer investment team may lack. A mentor challenges you to grow and expand your knowledge and experience through doing. You can bounce things off of them and they can guide you along in the process. The next is a co-sponsor or key principal. Now, if it's your team's first apartment deal, you'll need either a co-sponsor or a key principal or KP to get a commercial loan. Basically, you need someone with experience on your team to show the lenders that you're serious. Your mentor can also double as your co-sponsor or KP. Once your team has done one deal, the banks assume you know what you're doing now, which hopefully you do, and they no longer require a KP for future loans. Now, next up is business partners. Not everyone is good at all aspects of the business, and some people are really good at numbers and spreadsheets, so they will naturally gravitate to underwriting potential deals. They can look into a sea of numbers and spot patterns or anomalies. They can analyze trends and make accurate comparisons between adjacent properties. They can peek behind the curtain using just a T12 and a rent roll. Others are people persons. In many ways, this is a relationship business. You need someone on your team who is naturally likable to stay in constant contact with brokers and talk comfortably with potential investors. Now, I'm generalizing personality types here, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about those types needed uh, later on. But it's usually a good idea to have both a left brain and a right brain dominant person on your team. You have to run the numbers and you have to build relationships. So if you're naturally good at one, you'd best be served to find someone that's good at the other. Oh, and by the way, there's a lot of work required there and many hands make light work. Now, next is your property manager. And in my opinion, the property manager is the key to successful asset management. A good property manager will maximize your NOI by maintaining the property, attracting good tenants, and executing your business plan. Once you close on your first deal, you're going to hand the day-to-day -day management over to the property manager, and you'll assume the role of managing the manager. They're going to market the property and turn leads into signed leases and residents. They're going to manage the repairs, maintenance, renovations, and other expenses. They're going to collect rents and fees and pay the bills. So when looking for a property manager, here are a few tips. They should be specialists in the class and size of apartments you're purchasing and the business plan you intend to execute. They should manage other properties that are the same size, asset class, and location. They need to have systems in place to make management of your property effective and efficient. For example, they should have established procedures for handling leads, maintenance requests, leasing, and all other areas of management. And they should have a solid reputation in their market among other apartment owners. Now, we'll go into more detail later, but for now, just realize that, you know, the PM is arguably the single most important partner you're going to have. So next up is a commercial real estate broker. Ideally, you already have a broker or two on speed dial if you're getting into this business. And even better, if they have you on speed dial. These are key relationships to have, and it requires being specific in what you're looking for. Too many new apartment investors will go to a broker and say, I, I want to see any multifamily properties that you have available. Now, that's like waving a big sign that says, I don't know what I want and I don't know what I'm doing. 
On the other hand, if you approach a broker and tell them, I'm looking for B-class properties in the 50 to 100 unit range, then they'll generally be more receptive. Now, there's no doubt that you're going to go through a ton of potential deals. You have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince, right? But that means you'll be giving bad news to brokers quite often, and many folks shy away from that. And the result of that is that many people will stay on a broker's list without maintaining the actual relationship. And this is a big mistake. Giving feedback on offerings that you have analyzed and telling a broker why a particular deal would or wouldn't work serves two functions. It lets the broker know that you're actually looking at what he or she sends you, and it helps them to find offerings that cater more to what you're actually looking for because you stay top of mind. And I can't stress that last point enough. Brokers are the gatekeepers to apartment offerings. Most apartment purchases happen off market. And these relationships are the key to accessing offerings before they become available to others. They advise sellers on who the serious buyers are, which means they want to see your ability to close on a deal. Messing this relationship up by falling through on a purchase can set you back tremendously in any given market. Now, next up is a capital advisor. The capital advisor will help you get appropriate financing, which is going to be roughly 75% of your purchase price. I'd recommend finding one that is familiar with your particular market. Some will place capital nationwide, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you may benefit more from having a capital advisor that has intimate knowledge of the areas you're looking in. Make sure you find one that understands your business plan and long-term objectives, and they'll be able to make recommendations on loans that align more appropriately with your business goals. Next up, an SEC attorney. My recommendation is to get a full-service attorney that can be by your side from the letter of intent to closing and beyond. They can help with the contracting, legal compliance with the lender, entity formation, etc. They'll draft the private placement memorandum, operating agreement, and file the regulatory documents with both federal and state governments. They'll also advise you on what you can and can't do to raise capital in order to maintain compliant with SEC regulations. Next is a contractor. If you're doing any kind of a value-add project, the contractor cannot be an afterthought. A good contractor can be valuable in nearly all phases of the investment, from underwriting to due diligence to conducting renovations and repairs and beyond. If you're not familiar with contractors in your area, leverage your property manager in this respect. Uh, they've likely worked with many of them before, and they can steer you the right way. Now, of course, if your property manager is not experienced in the types of renovations that you're doing, they may not be the best to ask. So even if your PM recommended them, I'd recommend doing a little research on your own for these contractors, especially if one company is doing a significant amount of that work on your property. Title agents or attorneys. Now, whether you use an agent or attorney depends on the state in which you operate. The title company is a minor role player, but you need someone you can trust since they handle the closing, making sure funds are distributed properly, and that the property is transferred from one party to another. They also conduct an initial title search during due diligence and help you obtain appropriate title insurance to qualify for a loan, so that if a lien or other encumbrance pops up later on, you'll be covered. Next up is our insurance broker. Also very, very important. You, you want an insurance representative, and make sure it's someone who is familiar with commercial real estate. This is not usually the same person that insures your home, life insurance, and auto insurance. So like 
the capital advisors, insurance brokers have access to numerous carriers that will insure various aspects of your business and properties. And just like capital advisors, I think it's wise to have an insurance rep that is regionally focused. Engage your insurance representative during the underwriting process for policy estimates. And once you're under contract, you can provide the rep with the loss runs that you should ask the seller to provide. Last item here, make sure that the insurance broker and lender are communicating as the lender will likely mandate minimum coverage requirements. Now, you also are going to want a CPA. You want somebody to file your taxes and prepare the tax statements for your investors, such as the K-1s. But any trained professional can do that, okay? What you're really looking for is someone who can advise you on what's best for you and your business, how to structure things so that you pay the lowest amount that's legally allowed on your taxes. Make sure that your CPA specializes in clients who have extensive real estate holdings. You will probably want a good bookkeeper. If you have a good bookkeeper, your CPA will likely thank you. The bookkeeper will keep track of your pennies and dollars and produce monthly statements that take your property management reports to the next level. Next up is a cost segregation company. So talk with your CPA on whether or not you actually need this service, because most likely the answer is yes, if you're working with an apartment syndication. Now, this kind of a cost segregation report can cost five to $10,000 or more per property. So it doesn't make a lot of sense on single family homes and smaller properties. So that's a lot of people that we just went through, right? Uh, keep in mind that you would hire out many of these roles. So not all of them are a necessary part of the actual general partnership. The important point is that you need different people with varied skill sets to actually be successful in multifamily. And in general, you know there are four different personality types that should be represented on your general partnership team. Now, I've borrowed this from Matt Faircloth, who is a successful syndicator and uh, founder of the DeRosa Group. So number one, you need the hunter, okay? These types of people are good at acquisitions. They are good connectors, closers, and negotiators. Number two, you need the brain, okay? These are the folks that are good at analyzing deals and running the numbers. So they're likely going to step into that underwriter role. Number three is, is the money. You want somebody who is good at financing and raising capital. So they should be the ones to assemble the, the debt and the equity piece of the puzzle. And then number four is the hammer. Okay. Now, this person is the type of personality that should be the asset manager. Okay. They're very driven to implement and fulfill that business plan. Now, these four personality types together can find the deal, create the business plan, finance the deal, and fulfill the plan successfully. Now, these aren't necessarily concrete recommendations, but rather traits that you need represented by however many members you have on the GP. Uh, perhaps you have a three-person team and your acquisitions lead also shows a propensity for raising capital. Maybe your underwriter also has a talent for running a business plan. The combinations here are pretty endless. So, you know, now that we've actually gone over the key players, let's go over some of the pros and cons of taking the active syndication approach. So the first is a pro. You have control over your investment. As an active investor, you have direct control over the property, market, and asset class that you're investing in. You control the business plan and any necessary changes along the way. You have a say in the color on the walls and the bathroom finishings. You're ultimately in charge of raising the rents and any eliminations in expenses, giving you the ability to directly add value to the investment since the value of apartments 
are derived directly from their net operating income minus their expenses. So next is a con. It's all about the time. Being a syndicator takes a ton of time. First, you have to educate yourself, whether through paid education or mentorship. Then you will spend time constantly networking to find your own team. Once your team has an offering, there are so many tasks to take on and divvy up amongst them. Plus, these offerings are often over a five to seven year time frame, meaning that this is an intermediate to long-term commitment, depending on your particular role. If you're already working full-time in another career, you will quickly lose much of your free time by actively syndicating. Now, another pro is the potential upside. The cool thing about active syndication is that your potential gains are tied to your role on the team, not about your actual financial investment. You may only put $25,000 of your own money into uh, an offering, but if you're the asset manager, then you would have a significant percentage of the general partnership based on your overall contribution to the team. Plus, many offerings have a cascading structure, whereby the equity splits shift to favor the GP after limited partners have received an initial set of returns. This encourages the GP to implement their business plan quickly and to be as successful as possible. Now, a con is that there is a lot of competition and rejection in this field. As you may already know, the multifamily world is getting more and more crowded. Investors and entrepreneurs are flocking to the space. This creates more competition for offerings, leading to higher prices overall. Now, 10 years ago, you might have been one of only a handful of operators who made an offer on a property, whereas now you might be one of 30 plus operators vying for a shot. You should be prepared for a lot of rejections along the way. Now, another pro, potential to participate in more deals. Your role as an active syndicator is dependent upon your role on the team and not how much money you actually bring to the table. This is good because we all have a limited amount of money to actually invest. As a general partner, you can participate in an endless stream of deals with your team, so long as you can raise the capital from others, of course. This means that your ability to grow your wealth is no longer tied to how much money you scrimp and save from your day job. Now, another con is that you may run into limited abilities to diversify. If you're on a syndication team, the chances are that you will be focused in just a few particular markets. Teams tend to specialize after all, and it takes time to develop relationships in a given location. By specializing, you're ensuring that you can provide the best experience for residents and investors, but the downside is that you may have much of your business in just a few specialized markets. For example, you may have a team that works in select markets in the Southeast. Chances are you aren't going to be investing in the Pacific Northwest because that's not where your team is. Now, of course, this can change depending on the group and how you have things structured, but it is something to keep in mind. And the last pro that I'm going to mention are the tax benefits. This is a big one, and it can greatly affect how much of your earnings you get to keep. There are massive tax savings available for those who invest in multifamily syndication in the first place, but there are limits to how much you can take advantage of that based on your income levels and state of residence. With that said, if you are able to use the real estate professional designation on your taxes, then you can bring your taxes down to almost nothing. I know syndicators who haven't paid taxes in years. Now, to get this designation, you must meet certain requirements of material participation in real estate, one of which is 500 hours of significant participation activities or around 10 hours per week. Now, what this means is that you can't take this designation if you have some single family properties and you have a property management team that does all the work. You have to be an active participant. 
Now, while that isn't really much of a requirement, that that 10 hours per week, if you are a full-time healthcare provider, you likely won't be able to take this designation without drawing attention to yourself from IRS auditors. I hope that this overview has given you a bit of an idea of what active investing in an apartment syndication would entail. Making the decision to jump into this really depends on what kind of time you have available, how interested you are in learning the ins and outs of commercial real estate, and the type of lifestyle you desire for you and yours. It's really challenging just to dip a toe in. You, you kind of have to go whole hog with this thing in order to actually be successful in this ever-changing field. But hey, maybe you're like me and you've got nothing better to do with your free time. If so, then you really need to invest in your education. There are plenty of free resources online and through podcasts to get you going. Through education and networking in online or in-person meetups, you can go a long way toward finding out whether this is actually the right move for you. And once you're ready to take a leap, you may find yourself looking for a mentor. There are plenty out there, and as usual, some of them are better than others. A few of the big names in, in the field are Joe Fairless, Michael Blanc, Jake and Gino, and Brad Sumrock. They all have podcasts and free resources and conferences and things, but they also have paid mentorship programs, each with a different feel and a varying price tag. If you take this step, expect to spend somewhere between fifteen dollars to $30,000 to get started. You'll be paying for education for sure, but you are really paying for the mentorship and the networking that you get out of this. So make sure that you research any program before just diving in. Keep in mind, too, you don't actually have to pay for a mentorship, though. You can get most of your education from free resources and podcasts, and there are free online meetups all the time where you can network. And I swear, there's a new multifamily podcast coming out just about every week, it seems. However, a paid mentorship can substantially accelerate your growth in the space through the networking piece alone, and it really helps to have an experienced mentor double-checking your math and your business plan. As always, I'll provide some links for all of that in the show notes. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, that's just, that's way too much work for me, but I still want to get into apartment investing, then I have good news for you. The whole purpose of my business, On Call Capital, is to help busy healthcare professionals get started on building passive income and generational wealth through passive apartment investing. Whether you want financial freedom or just some flexibility in your work-life balance, it's important to begin looking at ways to produce income outside of your traditional career sooner rather than later. Now, if you're interested in exploring this further with me, please reach out and find me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, Instagram. I'm just about everywhere. Now, as always, I, I want to thank you for listening to the Plan BCRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming podcast, make sure you rate and review on your podcast player. I check those all the time and you know cover those questions in future episodes. And as always, if you want to know more about me, again, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. You can visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. I am all over the place. So just, you know, keep your eyes out. I hope you'll join us next time. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. 
If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.